But just a quick reminder where it all started. It started with the disciples of John asking Jesus a question about fasting, right? And this was Jesus' answer. He referred to himself as the bridegroom and uh, his disciples as his friends. And he said, how can, you know, how can someone fast when the bridegroom is there? And then he gave an amazing parable, a story where he explained about wine and the wineskins. As I mentioned last Sunday, you know, not something that we are familiar with because times have changed and generations have changed and methods have changed. But the principle remains the same. The principle that Jesus was deriving from this parable was that we are in a new covenant. Hallelujah. And this covenant is not written on stone, but it is written on our hearts itself. Like Jeremiah 31, 33 says, you know, he is our God and we are his people. Amen. Amen. So we are who? We are a new creation. That's the point of this parable, that we are a new creation and we must do everything in a new way. The old has gone. The old has gone. We are a new creation and the new has come. God has ushered something new in our midst. Hallelujah. That is where we looked at last Sunday. And now we're going to continue. So let's pray and let's begin. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this wonderful morning that you've given us. We thank you for reminding us this morning, Lord, that you have something good in store for us. Thank you, Lord. We believe you, Lord. We believe that nothing is impossible. You are the God of impossible, Lord. And we see that right through the stories in the Bible, Lord, be it the Old Testament or the Gospels or even the New Testament. We see how you worked miraculously and you remain the same yesterday, today and forever. We believe even today in our situations, you can do the impossible. As we look at your word, Lord, may your word speak to us, make it alive, bring it alive. And may, may we hear this word and uh, walk in the obedience of it, Lord. For obedience pleases you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It was Heraclitus, a Greek philosopher, who said change is the only constant thing in life. He said this 540 BC. That's 540 years before Jesus and look at it, we are in 2020 and what a year this has been, right? A change that none of us thought uh, would be there. But that is that is the beauty about change. Change is the only constant thing in life. Life will keep changing, you know, and what we must do, we need to adapt. You heard the story of the dinosaurs who disappeared because they didn't adapt, right? Every other animal did. But paleontologists who study these uh, animals said, Probably the dinosaurs were like too egoistic or too arrogant to think, why do we need to adapt? We are so huge and let's just be where we are. And uh, they went extinct. You know, today we just see them in CGI's. Uh, we just see them in the Jurassic Parks and the Jurassic World. They don't exist anymore because they fail to adapt to the changing um, weather and climatic conditions. So, or some say meteors hit them, whatever but they definitely fail to adapt. So there is one lesson that we learn is don't resist change. Brothers and sisters, change is inevitable. Change will happen, whether you like it or not. Change will happen. Our response should be to embrace it. That is what Jesus was saying. When I pour new wine, don't come with your old bags. Don't come with your old wine skins. And we will see at that in a little more detail this morning. God wants us to embrace the new wine and be prepared to receive it with our new wine skins. Amen. 
Amen. Resisting change is being stubborn. And while speaking on stubborn, let me tell you a story about a father and a son. So one day a son came from school and said to the father, Dad, what is one plus one? And obviously the father said, it is two. And the son said, no, Dad, it is 11. The father said, no, my son, one plus one is two. And the son said, no, Dad, I think you've got this one wrong. One plus one is 11. So the father decided to teach his son a lesson. He said, okay, do one thing. Take this money and go to that shop and buy one popsicle, which we Indians like to call lollipop. And he said, then go to that shop, the other shop, and buy another popsicle. So buy one from there and one from there. So the son gladly went and purchased these two popsicles from uh, two different stores, one each. And uh, he held it in one hand each. And so the father said, okay, so this is one and this is one, right? He said, now do one thing, give one popsicle to your younger brother. So the boy gladly gave the popsicle to his younger brother who opened the wrapper and uh, began enjoying it immediately and went away. Now the father took the other popsicle from his hand opened the wrapper and put it in his mouth and started sucking it. Now the boy was upset. He said, Dad, where are my popsicles? To which the father said, you can keep the other nine. You keep the other nine. Okay. So I hope you got the joke. Right. So yeah, don't mess with the father. That's the moral of the story. But the point is, we cannot be stubborn. You know, sometimes we get stuck in the way we think. We get stuck in the way we operate. And uh, this is an amazing verse in the Bible. It was quoted in Psalm 95. But the book of, book of Hebrews mentions it not once, not twice, but thrice. This is what God speaks to us. He says, today, which is God's voice is heard every day. Hallelujah. What a privilege we have of hearing his voice on a daily basis. You see, this is the beauty, again, about Christian life. The other religions speak of what has been spoken has happened. It is finished. It is sealed. That is not how God says. God says, today, if you hear my voice, amen. So we have the privilege of hearing his voice, but there is a responsibility attached to this privilege, which is where God says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the day of rebellion. So what are we told? We are told to do one simple thing. Do not harden our hearts. Heart as a piece, as an organ is a very soft thing, right? But you understand when God says, do not harden your hearts, which means that when we resist God, when we resist what God is doing, that means hardening of heart. So if God says to us, forgive, and we don't do it, we are hardening our hearts. When God says, give, and we don't do that, we are hardening our hearts. Men, when we are disobedient to God, that is when we harden our hearts. And I've got a character to explain to you uh, what this, this verse really means. And how we can resist God and not welcome his new wine. The character is none other than guess who. Let me give you a clue. The man is associated with keys. I'm sure most of you have got his name. His name is Potras. His name is Peter. Uh, Petros is what the Greek word is, right? And uh, Peter is an amazing figure in the Bible, isn't he? I mean, you can't read the gospel and make, miss, miss this guy. He is a, he's a colossal figure. He's a colossal figure in the New Testament. He has a massive influence uh, in the gospels. And how does this journey begin of this man? Now, we cannot look at this, his entire story because it is a 
volumes have been written about Peter, right? But I just want us to quickly take a glimpse of some of his stories. And I know I may be missing some important ones. But just to quickly introduce you to Peter, uh, his name actually was Simon. His father's name was Jonah. And he was a fisherman living near the Sea of Galilee. That was a very common profession. It was like, you know, the, the 60s and 70s of Mumbai. Everybody was a mill worker. Every second guy you met was a mill worker. And uh, my dad was one mill worker at one point of time before he moved to the ship. You know, so, yeah, that is who Peter was. He was a fisherman. And fisherman was the most common profession of those times. What would you do living close to the sea? It's great. And I'm sure Peter's father may have been a fisherman. And that's where he encountered Jesus. And he met Jesus. And Jesus invited him to let go of his nets and follow him. Jesus said, come, follow me, Peter. And I will make you fisher of men. And, Jesus, and Peter took that call seriously. And then Jesus gave him a name. He said, from now on, you will not be called Simon. You will be called Peter. Peter simply means rock. You know, so Simon means a weed. A weed is like, you know, reed. Uh, it is like a leaf, uh, a small plant that goes, but without any bones. You know, it doesn't have a stem as such, a trunk as such. So if the wind blows, the reed blows in whichever direction. But a rock is something that is firm and solid. So Jesus gave Simon a new identity. He called him Peter. And he said, your confession, the confession you made on that, I will build my church. That you, I am the Lord. Right? Jesus, he said, no. Jesus is the son of the Most High. He's the Messiah, the son of the living God. You see, Jesus and Peter had a great relationship. Jesus even rescued Peter's life once. We know that story where he stepped out of the boat and walked on water there in itself is a great miracle. But then Peter lost the plot and he was sinking. And if it wasn't for Jesus, he would have drowned. You know, and next day the newspapers would have read a fisherman drowns, which would have not only been sad but embarrassing that a fisherman has drowned. But uh, Jesus saves him. Jesus saved his life. I mean, Jesus saves everyone's life. But Peter's life he exclusively and literally saved. You know, from, from him from drowning. And Peter loved Jesus. There is no doubt about that. I know we often look at uh, the last chapter of John and we look at Jesus asking Peter multiple times, do you love me? But there is great demonstration and you will see that today, that this man loved Jesus. In fact, when the soldiers and the Romans came to arrest Jesus, what did Peter do? Peter took his sword and chopped off the ear of one of the servants of the high priest. And uh, all four Gospels mention that. Did you notice that all four Gospels say that there was a man who did it. There was a man who did it. There was a man who did it. That's how Matthew, Mark and Luke mention. But John, I don't know if he was just simply being cheeky, but he mentions the name. <laughs> he mentions, John mentions that it was none other than the vibrant and uh, loudmouth Peter. Now Peter went for his sword and he cut the ear of that servant. And I'm sure if Jesus wouldn't have intervened, Jesus said, no, 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 you can't do that. That's not my style. You know, if Jesus, imagine Jesus would have said, well done, Peter. I wouldn't be surprised if you would have gone cutting some throats also. You know, Peter was that kind of a guy. He was aggressive and he was impulsive. But Jesus loved him. And we know that he denied Jesus. That is true. He denied Jesus not once, but not twice, but thrice. And yet Jesus reinstated him. Amen. Jesus came back from the resurrection. He rose again. 
and he reinstated Peter. He put Peter back in his place and then he commissioned Peter along with the other disciples to advance the good news, the gospel of Jesus. And that is what we see in Acts 2. We see it was Peter who stood with the leaven and preached the gospel. Right? When the day, on the day when the Holy Spirit was given to the church and the church was born, it was Peter's preaching and his preaching in the power of the Holy Ghost that 3,000 plus people gave their lives and were baptized and you know, uh, put their faith in Jesus. It was Peter's preaching and that was the beginning of a new Peter. And then we hear of Peter raising the dead. We know that story where he raised an elderly woman named Tabitha, a.k.a. Dorcas. And Peter raised her from the dead. Peter was one of the first after Jesus to raise someone from the dead. You know, besides that, we heard a few Sundays ago, we heard this story where Jesus re rescued Peter right, by sending an angel. And that miraculous story from Acts 12, how Peter was rescued. And you look at this CV, you look at these three pictures and so many other things that Peter did. And you would say, wow, wow, uh, this guy truly is special. And to top it all, uh, God gave him the privilege of writing two letters to God's elect people. So we refer to it as the epistle of Peter, Pete, 1 Peter, 2 Peter. You know, and we're going to look at a couple of verses from that letter also. But, you know, this immortalized Peter where he said uh, God's word, the Holy Spirit inspired Peter to write letters to God's people, which, which has become a part of the Bible. One of my favorite verses of Peter I remember reading this on the year of training and being blown, uh, you know, which is this. It says Acts 5 verse 15. I don't know how many of you have noticed this, but look at this word. It will, it will shock you. It says, they, as in the general crowd, they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets, which is mats, so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on any of them. Can you imagine the power of this man? Yeah, this is like a Marvel superhero just walking on the street and his shadow and you don't know which side the shadow would be there. You know, you're turning around and all. But people put sick people on the road so that Pe Peter's shadow would fall on them and they would be healed. You can imagine the sheer power that this man carried, not just in his tongue. You know, he said to the blind man, right, uh, to the lame man. That silver and gold I have not, but what I have I give you. That was the power of his tongue. But imagine the power of his shadow. And Jesus did say that, you know, you will do greater things than I did because I am going to the Father. And this was one of those greater things where even his shadow healed people. So that is who Peter was, a mighty figure. But Peter himself would say this. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 24 and 25 say this. All flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Hallelujah. You know, it was Peter's confession right at the end of his life. Basically, what was he saying? He was saying what Salman has been trying to tell us. We are all human, right? We are being human. We are human after all. We are only people. So even as we look at all these miracles and these verses and this huge name, Peter himself is confessing, what are we? What am I? I am just like a flower of a grass. You know, here today, gone tomorrow. The grass withers, the flower falls. It is only the word of God that remains forever. Amen. Amen. You know, so today we are, we make a lot of noise about 
who we are but a few years down the line no one will remember us no one will remember us you may if you achieve something great you may have a stone here and a uh, you know road named after you there but that is all you will be you know and uh, yeah that's it. no no one's going to remember you but it is the word of the lord that will remain forever hallelujah what a beautiful confession it is and peter came to this confession when he looked back at his life and we are going to do that we are going to look at four incidents from the life of peter which teach us a great lesson you know these four incidents technically put him in a negative light but my point is not to put peter in a negative light but to show that these scriptures these are scriptures these are stories mentioned in the bible for a reason that we can adapt these stories and learn from the life of peter hallelujah amen so we've looked at how great peter was but these are four stories that don't put him in such a great light so let's look at it the first instance appears in john 13 jesus had journeyed with his 12 disciples his 12 men who he had taught many things and this is how john 13 starts he says now jesus having you know shown them great love now he shows them the full extent of his love and he decides to wash their feet now let me just tell you this is scandalous this is scandalous washing the feet in the jewish custom was a job of the least lowest slave in the family so imagine they had slaves now some rich people had quite a few slaves maybe 10 12 15 20 depending on how rich he was and the youngest and the lowest slave it was his job to wash the feet you know so it was a very menial job it's like asking someone to get down into the gutter and clean it not that i am you know undermining anyone's job but i'm just saying you know it would be someone asking someone to go and clean everyone's toilets it was that kind of a job it was a very menial job a very low rank job and that is what jesus took on himself right so you can imagine the shock that uh, the disciples felt i think if jesus would have asked any one of them to say okay nathaniel can you do this or bartholomew can you do that they would have outright said no way no way we are not going to do that what rubbish and so jesus demonstrated this himself he didn't ask anyone to do it he said i will do it i will show you how you are called to live your life and we know you know the principle behind this story is to serve and love but when he came to peter so he began washing the feet obviously peter wasn't the first so he began washing the feet and when it was peter's turn this is what peter had to say he said no no said peter you shall never wash my feet no he resisted the change he resisted what jesus was doing jesus was showing them a new wine a new way of leadership a leader always sat on top you know in those days but jesus said no 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 my style of leadership is when you come from the bottom right that is how the son of man has come to serve not to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom of men to many right so peter said no lord you can't do that you can never wash my feet and jesus answered unless i wash you you have no part with me amen so what was peter thinking peter was thinking according to human standards this is how i have learned things you know this is how uh, our human logic dictates and that is that can be a resistance so point number 1 is our humanity can be a resistance to what god is doing in our midst look at what the bible says in isaiah 55 verse 8 it says my thoughts are not your thoughts 
neither are your ways my ways says the lord hallelujah you know god's way of doing things brothers and sisters is very different from the way you and i do things it is very different sometimes it can be as different as a chalk and cheese like we say you know in english it's it's poles apart and that is why it says my thoughts are much higher than your thoughts and my ways are much higher than your ways and it goes on to say my thoughts are not your thoughts you can never imagine what god is thinking and how he operates but what we can do is we can simply fit in another verse in proverbs says a person may think their own ways are right right that is how peter would have thought said lord you can't do this you are our leader you are our rabbi you are our guru you are our you know you you are you are messiah you are god you are god by this time obviously the revelation was pretty much clear that you are god you are lord you know we call you lord and you are our adonai how can you wash our feet how can you do that sometimes our ways can seem right to us but the bible says the lord weighs the heart he knows better than us so that is a great lesson for us to know that god may be operating something very differently you know like for instance maybe god is choosing a younger person as a leader young person people would think no 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 in the world uh, the leaders are those who are gray haired right that is how we choose our prime ministers you know everyone who's old any portfolio they've got to be old that is the main criteria why because we feel elderly people have great wisdom but look at the developing the developed nations you know they go for younger prime ministers i mean barack obama was what 44 uh, when he started leading america and you know jacinda ardern and justin trudeau of new zealand and uh, justin trudeau from canada these are all young dynamic men and women who are leading their nations but we we will always insist 60 plus unko 60 plus hi chahiye you know ek tank cover mein aur ek kaang kursi par this kind of prime ministers we want you know we insist why because this is our mentality in india that it is only the elderly who will have authority you know that's how our custom is that is how our households are built we don't like to release authority to younger people but god would say my style is different hallelujah amen you may have a 25 year old someone who's leading the church and so what if in his church there are people who are 35 45 55 65 75 85 80 you know it doesn't matter if that is the lord's anointing on someone then that is how it is hallelujah amen you know that is why paul says to uh, timothy he says no, no no don't let anyone look down on you because you're young because you carry the spirit of god if god has chosen you god has anointed you whether it is to lead worship or lead a church or lead a work whatever it is irrespective of your age if the anointing is on you go ahead and do it can i hear an amen yeah thumbs up will do okay hallelujah so that is just one point but there can be so many other points you know it can be women what can women do women can't do this women can't do that no 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 who says who says that is how it is that is how it has been you know it is only the lowest slave that washes that is how it's been and god would say no no my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts hallelujah amen and that is why this in this one month we have three women doing teaching you heard susan we heard jackie we're going to hear nikki on the 26th of august so i'm excited about that and this is a new phase in our uh, in our church itself you know we are being open to new wine and we are saying lord do it your way hallelujah brothers and sisters let's hold on to this you know if there is anything in your mind go before god and say lord weigh my heart weigh my heart lord 
maybe a certain way maybe seem may seem right to me the way we do church the way we do family but we want to be in your will we want to work according to your pattern hallelujah amen let's look at another thing there was a time towards the end of his ministry uh, he had spent a good 3 years with the disciples and now he had barely 6 months and that's when jesus initially began to hint and then he made his a dialogue very clear that he was going to suffer he kept saying the son of man is going to suffer he must suffer many things and he began to tell his disciples he wanted to prepare them you know he didn't want them to get a shock and suddenly he disappears he said you listen this time is coming when i will go a time is coming when i will be handed over i will be killed the son of man must be killed and hearing all these disciples were getting nervous obviously they had left everything to follow jesus but look at what peter did oh my goodness Matthew chapter 16 and this is the same chapter where Jesus said to Peter that you know you are Petros and your confession is important a few words verses later this is what Peter does Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him he said never lord he said this shall never happen to you Jesus turned and said to Peter get behind me satan you are a stumbling block to me you do not have in mind the things of god but the things of men what a stinking rebuke that is you know like a stinker ouch that kind of you know peter resisted jesus is going on the cross now come to think of it come to think of it brothers and sisters isn't that peter's love for jesus you know he says lord why why will you suffer why should you go through all such pain why should you die i mean what are you you're just 33 you know if you eat well and work out you can definitely make it to 80 your lean figured and you you know that we, we always see jesus as a smart lean figured person so you are fit you know i don't see you having any disease i mean you've never even coughed for god's sake so what makes you think that you're going to die why would you you know and he took him aside and he thought probably let me just put some sense into jesus and you know that peter and jesus were the only guys who were above 30 right you know that right all the disciples were below 30 years of age and they were about 30 so they had to pay the temple tax so he would have been probably a similar age to jesus maybe maybe even older than jesus and he felt this was a time to rebuke jesus this was a time to tell no lord no you are wrong and jesus put him in his place you know and jesus basically rebuked the theory the thought behind peter he said no listen you are talking like men you are talking like you know human beings but here we are talking about the kingdom so have the mind of god that is why he says peter uh, paul would go on to say you know have the mind of christ the mind of christ means that is how god does things hallelujah you know very often i hear christians respond in a way like anyone else would but that is not how we should we should weigh our response how are we responding in a given situation like everyone else then that is the things of men you know we must respond respond in a way that is true to the scriptures hallelujah so it was his understanding it was his understanding that was limiting peter and look at what the bible has to say the lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding hallelujah amen it is the lord who gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding so brothers and sisters we need to rely on god you may have done your mbas and degrees and graduations and what not but understand this when it comes to things of god we need to receive understanding and knowledge and wisdom from him 
Hallelujah. All three, he's the giver of wisdom. He's the giver of knowledge. And we cannot rely on our human wisdom, even though we are bombarded with it. There are times when we will need to take a spiritual call on certain matters. Hallelujah. Whether it is stepping out in faith, you will always have to take a spiritual call. Your understanding will always say, don't do it. Walking on water does not make sense. You will drown. You know, moving the stone means it is going to stink because the body has been in there for four days. You know, that is what human logic will tell you. Human understanding will tell you. But God would say, by faith, do it. Do it. Hallelujah. Look at this. It says, solid food is for the mature. But those who have the powers of discernment trained by constant practice, distinguish good from evil. Hallelujah. The key word is discernment. We need to discern what is from God, how God does things. Why is God asking us to do something? In this season, everyone is saying, you know, it's the worst year, worst year. Is, haven't we heard that? I heard that last evening when Dhoni retired. He said, there you go. Another 2020 backlash. You know, now Dhoni retires. My goodness, it's just getting worse. You know, and people keep saying these language. They keep using this. And we keep hearing and we may begin to enjoy and we may begin to agree. You may say, Amen to you, brother. Amen to you. 2020 is a terrible year. But no, God is doing something glorious in our midst. Something amazing has happened in 2020. It has been a unique year. It will go down in history as a unique year, even for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We are seeing salvation stories. We are here. We are seeing stories of perseverance. God challenging us. Obviously, persecution to a great extent has stopped. There are so many things, you know. It will take me another half an hour to just explain the tip of the iceberg. God is at work. God is at work. He's not gone AWOL. He's not disappeared from his throne. He doesn't come back and say, oh my goodness, let, let December come and I will sort everything from 2021. This seemed like a big colossal mistake. It is not. It is not. It is in the will of God. Hallelujah. And we discern that. We discern that in the spirit. We don't look at 2020 with our human understanding. No, we don't. We look at it with discernment of saying, Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you teaching us as a church? What are you teaching us as humanity? You know, as people who exist relying on our strength. That is what we did, right? And that's my next point. Look at this. Peter was so confident. When Jesus told him, you guys are going to deny me. You guys are going to fall away. You know, and Peter said, never. Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you. Imagine his audacity to say this in front of the leaven. He says, even if these guys, hey, you, I'm talking about you. Even if you and this joker and that cartoon, they all desert you, Lord. I will never desert you. You know me. I am Peter. I will never desert you. To which Jesus said, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. To which Peter said, an emphatic, no, and oh no. Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, can you get this, Jesus? Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. Not once, not twice, thrice he told Jesus. Here again, he's trying to correct Jesus. He's saying, I, I understand, forget it. I am not. Maybe these 11, these are cowards. You know, you look at them only, you can make out. But I am not. I am Peter. I am solid. I am a fisherman. I can take five people at one blow. So I am not denying you. I will even die with you. What, what is your plan? You want to die? I am coming with you. 
and we know what happened. We know what happened, right? Peter denied Jesus. You know, this sad story where he said, no, I don't know him. I, I swear I don't know him. You know, he even swear, swore saying he didn't know Jesus. And this was Peter relying on his own strength. He was so confident in himself. So this is a great lesson for us, isn't it? We walk today, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord all God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't rely on our own strength. It is not about our experience and our journey. It is about the spirit. Hallelujah. It is not our might and our power and our decision making abilities and our determination and our discipline. No, no, no. That is not how we will survive our Christian walk. If we want to survive our Christian walk, it is daily we need to keep in step the spirit. Amen. That is what Paul tells us. You know, you have been saved by the spirit. It is the work of the spirit. So keep in step with the spirit. As you live by the spirit, keep in step with the spirit. Amen. Amen. Look at Paul writing to the Corinthians, says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. He says, my grace is all you need, for my power works best in weakness. Hallelujah. Peter was relying on his strength, but this is what Paul says. He says, listen, it is weakness that counts. The more weak you are, the more powerful God's work is in you and through you. Hallelujah. So rejoice because you are weak. Rejoice. It is the weak things of the world. It is the nobodies that God has chosen. If there is someone next to you, say, hello, nobody. Hello. It was nice meeting you. Why? Because this is the good news. He chose the nobodies of this world to make the everybody's ashamed. Hallelujah. It is we who are the nobodies who will shame the everybody's. It is we who are unwise will shame those who are wise with the wisdom that comes from above. So our strength is not in our being strong. Our strength is in our weakness. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sounds like a paradox, but that is what it is. That is what Paul is trying to explain. He says, listen, it is grace is all you need, but grace is given only to the weak. So you better take a call. Are you strong or are you weak? You'd say, uh, I'm strong. All right, then try figure it out, fighting your own life with your own uh, strength. And that is what Peter did and he lost the battle. You know, and that is what Paul goes on to say. He says, listen, when I am weak, then I am strong. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My last point is this amazing story in the book of Acts, Acts 10. And this is the post-Pentecost Peter, okay? Uh, he's already said no to Jesus three times. But look at this fourth instance. He's in Joppa. He's at a man's house called Simon the Tanner, his namesake. And he's on the roof. He's on the roof and he's praying. And it's, it's lunchtime probably. The food is being prepared, we are told. And he goes into a trance, this big body. Peter can't stay hungry for too long, right? So he like kind of goes into probably woken up early morning. He's been praying like his master. So now he falls asleep. And he goes into trance and he sees a vision. The vision he sees is where animals, animals that were forbidden for a Jew to eat in the Old Testament, according to the law of Moses, he sees a sheet and all these animals on it and they descend. The sheet descends. And the voice says, this is what it says, verse 13. There came a voice to him, rise, kill and eat. Peter, three things you've got to do. Arise, because he was sleeping obviously. You know, Arise, kill and eat. 
and guess what peter says peter says but peter said by no means lord no 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 i can't do that for i have never eaten anything that is common or unclean i have never done that so i won't do it and god says to him what i have called clean do not call it unclean hallelujah amen god was saying listen peter it is a new phase it is a new time it is a new season yes there was a time in the desert when i gave certain laws to moses but now i am changing it don't i have the right to do that don't i have the right to do that if i say all food is clean then all food is clean right and that is the beauty called the rema word it is the now word today if you hear his voice do not harden your heart so yes it was i who said you shouldn't eat but it was for that season now for this season i say rice kill and eat because everything is clean what was god telling peter more than food he was telling him now the time has come to take the gospel beyond the jews it was now that the time has come to take the gospel to the gentiles and that is how it was going to be as soon as peter would get up from this dream this vision a man named cornelius would send his servants and he had seen a dream and god was now going to open the door of the gospel to the gentiles it was going to be the beginning of global mission hallelujah isn't that wonderful isn't that wonderful but what was it that stopped peter it was tradition it was the way we do things that's how it has happened you know traditions can be even inculcated in the church that is how we did things 16 years ago in masiya why are we changing you know that's the way uh, david did things or arun did things or samir did things why are we changing my friend we are a new generation we are in new times maybe maybe god is changing god is changing the way we do things he remains the same yesterday today and forever but he is pouring new wine hallelujah even in these times we are trying to figure out lord how do we do church in the midst of this pandemic how do we do church in the midst of this lockdown it is definitely not the traditional way of gathering meeting you know that's what we've done for years hundreds of years we've done that but today we are doing it very differently thank god for this new way and new style that we can still meet we can still fellowship we can still worship god but we cannot do it the way we did it earlier right that's not possible look at what the bible says in romans chapter 12 verse 2 very famous verse right it says do not conform to the patterns of this world do not conform to the traditions but be transformed by the renewing of your mind hallelujah we are called to be transformed we are called to fit into what god is doing new and that requires a renewing of our mind see our hearts have been renewed right the moment we put our faith in jesus we got a new spirit hearts were interchanged now the mind is still the old and the mind needs to be worked upon right and the mind requires a renewal hallelujah and that is what we've got to constantly work at you see it was difficult for the disciples of john and the disciples of the pharisees to see why isn't jesus fitting into their traditions but jesus would confront them and say why do you why do you break the command of god for the sake of your tradition traditions had become so important for the pharisees and the sadducees and the teachers of the law that they were willing to forsake the command of god for the sake of their tradition and that is what religion is 
religion is all about tradition we cannot break the tradition we cannot challenge the tradition tradition is who we are and that is what it is we identify ourselves with tradition that's how the world does but god says no listen to hell with your traditions i am doing a new work you better fit in you listen and obey to my command not to the tradition hallelujah you don't call tradition your god i am your god and i will change things i will uh, you know topple the apple cart you be ready for it and that is what we are facing right now i want you to quickly take a moment and examine your life look at it you know maybe mull over this over the next one week saying what is it what is it that is stopping me from embracing the new is god doing a new thing in my life is god beginning to do something that i am not comfortable with all of this can make us extremely uncomfortable it can be our humanity our logic our understanding are we relying too much on our strength are we getting locked and blocked with our traditions but sisters we need to go before god and examine and say lord set me free lord it happened to peter uh, peter got foxed not once not twice not thrice but four times four times he said no 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 god will want us to have a new approach a new wine requires us to say yes say yes to god hallelujah we are saying yes lord yes i am willing to fit in i am willing to obey i am willing to get out of my comfort zone it may not fit into my logic it may not be as per my understanding i don't want to rely on my own strength lord i don't want any of those i don't want to be dependent on traditions i want to be dependent on you hallelujah amen you understand we are in a lockdown and even in the season god is pouring his new wine can i hear an amen in our families in our lives in our character in our churches in our world god is doing things in a new way in a new way brothers and sisters what do we need to do we simply need to come with our new wine skins we need to prepare our hearts may our hearts be new wine skins that says pour lord pour may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven hallelujah hallelujah just don't say hallowed be thy name but my will be done no may his will be done amen i know this has been a unique journey for us as a church there may be many things that we've done uh, led by the spirit which were not comfortable i remember meeting at 6 o'clock for prayer today when i think of it i think what a crazy idea that was you know 6 to 7 we did english even though we were a few people 7:30 to 8:30 we had our hindi we tried so many things so many things you know we started wednesdays with two services but constantly we were like you know inviting this one that one trying to see how zoom works how this works how pastoral care works i think i think we have done commendably well hallelujah i feel the church deserves a round of applause you know this church online has not been easy but i think when we look back i would feel this was a mighty building block for us moving ahead we are today able to reach so many people through our services not just nationally but globally you know we've suddenly become an international church where people are joining us from different nations and praise god that we can do that you know, the way the leaders have fit in the way the worship leaders have fit in 
the way we are doing breaking of bread so many people getting opportunities and i promise you that will continue to happen you know where many of us will be able to contribute but the thing is we've got to be willing in our hearts brothers and sisters to adjust to say yes this is different this is uncomfortable but i will do it because it is new wine it is new wine it will bubble you know but if we have the right skin to carry it we have the right bottle to carry it then god will say well done good and faithful one amen amen i want to commend you that we don't say no we say go that is what jesus said go and make disciples hallelujah going always has this tentativity you know we don't know where we are going the bible says not knowing where he was going abraham went and that was credited to him as faith right as righteousness well done abraham where are you going no clue but god said go i am going that is god says says to us step out don't say no say go come on turn to someone and say don't say no say go say yes say yes hallelujah let me just pray and end father we thank you so much lord we thank you that you are amazing you are the now god you are the today god you speak to us today lord you do new things in our midst what an amazingly exciting journey this christian life is lord not knowing what will happen tomorrow but trusting you for each day you provide manna for each day. your word is a lamp that helps us to take the next step not the entire journey just the next step and then we move the lamp ahead and the next step and the next step we thank you lord this is who you are the way maker a miracle worker hallelujah that is so true lord the god of the impossible we thank you jesus we pray i pray for every brother and sister including me that we will always be open to the new wine may our lives our families our homes our churches be a new wine skin pour in lord pour in we are ready for more help us lord to be obedient may our humanity our logic our understanding not come in our way may we not rely on our strength or our traditions but we rely on you and you alone to you be all the glory lord jesus amen amen